RTHK News. Good afternoon, it's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines. Government postpones controversial funding requests for Yunlong Footbridge. MTR contractor Leighton told to submit report today on shoddy work at Hongham Station and the search for 12 boys and their football coach missing in a Thai cave has resumed. The government has removed a controversial funding request for a $1.7 billion footbridge in Yunlong from the Finance Committee's agenda on Friday, saying it needs more time to reach a consensus in the community. Professional bodies have called the bridge extravagant and wasteful, saying there's a much cheaper alternative. Before the weekly Executive Council meeting this morning, the Acting Chief Executive, Matthew Cheung, said the government was postponing, not dropping the plan. Everybody agreed there was a need for a footbridge there facilitate pedestrian flow and also there is a need locally in Yunlong. Uh, of course, there is a difference of opinion between professional bodies and uh, some local groups, of course. You know. The government, of course, will put up the proposal. Now, we are going through a stage because of the difference of opinion. Uh, I think we, we need to get together, put our heads together and consult uh, more thoroughly, explain our position of authority in order to reach common ground. Mr Cheung said Highways Department officials will attend a Yunlong District Council meeting later today to discuss the plan. The government is warning a follow-up action against MTR contractor Leighton if it fails to submit a report by today on substandard work at Hongham Station. Steel bars that secure a platform to the walls have been cut short to make it appear they were properly screwed in. The Acting Chief Executive Matthew Jones says the government will make an announcement when it receives the report, but is still seeking legal advice on whether it can make the report public. The MTR Corporation has been recently hit by a series of scandals over the building of the Shartin to Central Rail Link and accused of not reporting a series of work flaws. The Legislative Council Commission has withdrawn an application to transfer from the District Court to the High Court a case involving the salary advances given to two disqualified lawmakers. The Commission is taking legal action against pro-independence advocates Yao Wai-Ching and Sixtus Leung to try to claw back almost $1.8 million in wages and expenses. A judge counter-proposed to the LegCo Commission earlier this month that the case be split into two separate claims, each with an amount of less than $1 million, so that they can proceed at the District Court. The judge said it's more cost-effective than transferring the case to the High Court. An Ocean Park Workers' Union is organising a signature campaign to press for the same working hours for frontline and administrative staff. The Ocean Park Employees' Union has some 300 members and says frontline staff need to work 48 hours six days a week, four more than admin staff who have a five-day working week. Spokesman Nkun Kwan also says frontline staff usually work longer than the stated hours. The meal pack is not included inside this 48 hours right now. That means actually they need to stay in the company nearly 54 hours per week. It's, I think it is very unfair. In the summertime, the frontline workers, they need to work very hard because of the hot weather or the high temperature. And what they get is only one day off per week. I think it is not sufficient for them to take rest and to spend time with their families. The Ombudsman, Connie Lau, has launched a direct investigation into the system of approving rises in school fees. Ms Lau says the Education Bureau gave approval to over 140 private, international or direct subsidy scheme schools to raise their fees for the current school year, with some schools charging over $200,000 per year. She says there are concerns the vetting system is too lax and not transparent. Ms Lau says it would place a heavy burden on parents if schools were free to unreasonably hike fees every year. The probe will also look into how the Bureau is regulating school fees collected by schools. 
A Harbour Front Commission member says the government should carry out improvement works at the Chimsa Choi East and Tai Kok Chai waterfronts at the same time as its two-year study on different management models for the areas. The study will also look at themes to promote the spaces and attract visitors. Ivan Ho says he's afraid the government will formulate a plan for the two sites without even leaving the office. With the lesson we learned from the last public engagement exercise of the style of Avenue, for me, I think it's very dangerous that you work out some kind of theme inside the office, you know, and then tell the people that this is the theme of the public space we are going to create for you. That is the lesson we learned last time. You know, we have a strong reaction from the neighborhood, from the hotel operator, opposite the row, and they all believe that it's not adequate and that's not right. The Shamshripo District Council will vote shortly on whether to scrap its proxy vote system, which some members have described as unfair. The system is used in 13 of Hong Kong's 18 district councils. Yeung Cook from the Association for Democracy and People's Livelihoods says there are no restrictions on when a proxy vote can be used. But another Shamshui Po councillor, Dominic Lee from the Liberal Party, says it's important because proxies allow them to have their views represented when they're carrying out duties elsewhere. Some district council members are also members of the legislative council. Uh, some district council members uh, have other uh, uh, district council responsibilities as well. For example, uh, meeting with residents, meeting with government officials, and therefore it is necessary while they're uh, at their work, um, they, they still be able to uh, represent uh, the will of the uh, people that elected them and their constituent. Turning overseas, about a dozen Navy SEAL divers and other rescuers have re-entered a partly flooded cave in northern Thailand to search for 12 boys and their soccer coach who've been stranded for three nights. Timmy Song has more. The search operation was suspended last night after rain led to rising water levels in the Tamduan Cave Network, a tourist attraction which stretches for many kilometres underground. Electricians extended a power line into the flooded cave ahead of the resumption of operations today to search for the boys aged 11 to 15 and their soccer coach, who have been stranded for three nights. Officials believe the group is still alive. Officials said the power line would provide lights and ventilation for the rescuers and could help pump out water. The U.S. Defense Secretary Jim Mattis has confirmed that two military bases in Texas are to be used as temporary camps to house migrants who enter the country illegally. It follows the decision by the Trump administration to stop separating children from their parents when they're taken into custody at the border with Mexico. Mr. Mattis said Fort Bliss Army Base in El Paso and Goodfellow Air Force Base in the city of San Angelo were being prepared. I cannot confirm uh, the specifics on how they'll be used. We'll provide whatever support the Department of Homeland Security needs in order to house the people that they have under their custody. So we will work that out week by week. Uh, The numbers obviously are dynamic, so we'll have to stay uh, flexible in our logistics support for Department of Homeland Security. Two dozen women from around the world are setting sail from Hawaii on a month-long research exhibition to study a giant accumulation of plastic waste floating in the Pacific Ocean. The Great Pacific Garbage Patch is said to be three times the size of France. The team, led by Emily Penn, aims to study the health and environmental hazards caused by plastic, specifically by material used only once. She says plastics are particularly dangerous to women. These chemicals, they're endocrine disruptors. They mimic hormones and stop those important chemical messages. So for us women, 
This is a big deal. They affect pregnancy, and we can also pass them on to our children during childbirth and breastfeeding. So with such a women-focused issue, I really wanted to take this on and tackle it with an all-women crew. President Trump has criticized the American motorcycle maker Harley-Davidson for its decision to move some of its production outside the United States. The company said making bikes for the European market would gradually be transferred to other countries to avoid higher EU tariffs. Mr Trump tweeted that he was surprised that Harley-Davidson, of all companies, was the first to wave the white flag. He told a rally in South Carolina he aimed for free and fair trade. I want the barriers taken down. I want our farmers to be able to trade. I want to be able to sell cars in there just like they sell cars in here. The Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences has invited 928 artists and executives to join the group behind the prestigious Academy Awards. Almost half of the people invited are women. The BBC's Regan Morris reports. The Academy of Motion Picture, Arts and Sciences is rolling out its red carpet to a record number of filmmakers as part of its ambitious plan to double the number of women and minorities in its ranks by the year 2020. 49% of the new members invited are women, and 38% are ethnic minorities. Hollywood's awards season have been marked by several years of controversy with the Me Too and Oscars So White movements, forcing the Academy to scrutinize its own predominantly white male membership. The lower house of the British Parliament has approved controversial plans to build a third runway at Heathrow Airport near London. London's Mayor Sadiq Khan condemned the decision, saying it would result in intolerable noise levels and worsening air quality in the capital. Here's the BBC's Ben Wright. It was a vote that had taken many years of indecision and delay to land on the floor of the House of Commons. The Transport Secretary Chris Grayling acknowledged the issue was divisive, but he said the new runway was essential. Ministers hope work on the new runway can begin by 2021, but there may be several legal challenges before the bulldozers move in. The US Association for Library Service to Children has removed the name of the children's author Laura Ingalls Wilder from one of its awards because some people think her Little House on the Prairie books contain racist words. The BBC's Joanna Jolly has that story. Laura Ingalls Wilder's books about her early life as a settler in the American Midwest were first published in the 1930s and remain hugely popular worldwide. But the Association for Library Service to Children say it's received complaints about the author's anti-black and anti-native attitudes. One of the books opens with the description of a land as having no people, only Indians. African-American characters are described as darkies. To business news, the High Court has dismissed an application to ban Convoy Global from selling all its stakes in first credit. The case was brought by a major shareholder at Convoy, Kwok Yu Kwan. But the judge says there are not enough grounds for an injunction, saying the plaintiff failed to show that board members approving the sale had breached their duty. The transaction at some 60 million Hong Kong dollars took place early this month. Both firms have been suspended from trading. The defendant's lawyers had argued that because of the suspension, the deal was not undervalued, as First Credit could be delisted or be trading at an even lower price when the suspension is lifted. A short time ago, the Hang Seng Index was at 28,897. That's 64 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $70 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.42 yen. The euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 17 cents. And the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 42 cents. And now with the sports news, here's Adam Jung. First to football's World Cup, where Spain and Portugal both survived a scare in the group to reach the last 16. 
Spain drew 2-2 with Morocco, while Portugal drew 1-0 with Iran. That puts Spain top of Group B ahead of Portugal by virtue of goals scored. More from the BBC's Steve Crosman. Portugal were seconds away from winning their group, then millimetres away from being knocked out altogether, leading 1-0 thanks to a brilliant Ricardo Caresma goal. Before, Cedric Suarez was controversially penalised for handball. That was following a VAR review. Karen Ansafard scored from the spot, which is something Cristiano Ronaldo had earlier failed to do. Then deeper still into stoppage time, Mehdi Taremi put the ball wide when he really should have scored from close range. And so, Iran's chance had gone. It's harsh on Carlos Chiaras, really. You wonder whether they'd have achieved an historic second-round qualification had they been placed in a weaker group. In Kaliningrad, Spain spoiled Morocco's hopes of ending what's been a forgettable tournament with a final flourish. Hervé Renard's side led 2-1, but Iago Aspas equalised in the 91st minute. That goal secured top spot for Spain, and so a last 16 tie with Russia. Portugal will play Uruguay. Uruguay finished top of Group A with their third straight win, beating Russia 3-0. Both sides had already qualified for the knockout stage, but Russia's great start to the tournament took a step back when they had a player sent off in the first half and Uruguay took advantage. Mohamed Salah scored for Egypt, but his side leave the tournament without a point. A goal in the fifth minute of injury time from Salam Eldasari gave Saudi Arabia a 2-1 win in their final Group A match. The former Nigeria international Peter Odomwingi said it was a sad end to Salah's tournament. I can feel sorry for Salah because he's uh, one of the outstanding performers in football, in world football in total. He missed out on a chance to become a Champions League winner with, uh, with the injury now, but he still took the risk to come here. Away from football, the former world number one tennis player Andy Murray has won his first match in almost a year. Playing in his second match since his quarterfinal defeat at Wimbledon last year following hip problems, Murray beat Stan Wawrinka in the first round of the grass court event in Eastbourne, 6-1-6-3. Tough, tough guy to play against. Um, you know, it was, was tough, but obviously delighted to get the win and yeah, it was great. James Harden is the NBA's most valuable player. The six-time All-Star led the league in scoring three-pointers and 50-point games with four while helping the Houston Rockets to a league-leading 65 wins. Harden beat out four-time winner LeBron James of Cleveland and Anthony Davis of New Orleans at the NBA Awards in California. And that's your look at sports. Thanks, Atom. To end the news, the top stories once again. The government postpones a controversial funding request for a Yunlong footbridge. MTR contractor Leighton is told to submit report today on shoddy work at Hongham Station. And the search for 12 boys and their football coach missing in a Thai cave has resumed. The news from RTHK. Auspiciousness and causes of success May you have the confidence to always do your best May you take no effort in your being generous Sharing what you can, nothing more, nothing less May you know the meaning of the word happiness May you always lead from the beating in your chest May you be treated like an esteemed guest May you get to rest, may you catch your breath May the best of your todays be the worst of your tomorrows Whoa! Uh, may the road less paved be the road that you follow. Oh, well, here's to the hearts that you're gonna break. 
that bracelet. May you keep the chaos and the clutter off your desk. May you have unquestionable health and less stress. Having no possessions, no immeasurable wealth. May you get a gold star on your next test. May your educated guesses always be correct. And may you win prizes shining like diamonds. May you really own it each moment to the next. Or may the best of your todays be the worst of your tomorrows. Whoa. Or may the road less paved be the road that you follow. 